0: All right. Um, since it's a fifth Sunday, there is no children's church today, so don't send your kids down there to run around unattended. Um, my name is Kelsey Irwin. For those of you that don't know, and I am um, the prayer and engagement coordinator here at WellSpring. And a while ago, I said to Bob, um, "Sometime, I said it might be nice if I could just talk a little bit about community and like why it's important." Um, and then he said, "Hey, how about April 30th? And then he hopped on a plane and went to Florida. So. <laughs> Here I am the whole time for you guys, Um, so that was great, but um, community is one of those words that we hear a lot in the church, and it's kind of one of those buzzwords, but what does it even mean, and why is it important, and how do we find it, and we ask all of these questions that don't always get answered, Um, and it's even a part of our church's title, Wellspring Community Church, so it's something that we value here, but we don't... um, Always necessarily get to really hear about it. So, today I just want to take a little bit of time and talk about community and have some um, others share how it has played a role um, in their journey with Christ. And if you remember during Lent, we talked a little bit about um, remaining in Christ, abiding in Christ. Um, He is the vine. Um, we are the branches, and what does it look like to remain in Christ? And Dave Hine and Stacey Kearns came up, and they talked about some of the things that helped them remain in Christ, and both of them ended their time sharing, talking about how other people helped them remain in Christ. Um, and that's, that's a big part of, of what community is. So today I just wanted to start off by looking at this passage in Romans 15, 5 through 7. And that'll be up on the screen for us. It says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus has, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. Um, And if you look throughout Scripture, there is no hint of um, a Lone Ranger mentality of Christianity. I'm going to go conquer this on my own um, and be like Christ on my own. Um, It's filled with with, um, Scripture like this. A couple of years ago, Bob preached on unity, um, probably about two years ago now, um, and that goes hand-in-hand with community. And during that time, he shared that the Greek word accept that is in this verse— Um, that it literally translates to see another person and to open your arms to embrace them. To see another person and open your arms to embrace them. That's what the Greek word accept means. I didn't double-check his research, so I'm just going to believe him on that. But um, that's what that passage is calling us to do with one another, to open our arms um, to embrace one another. And in that acceptance, um, we'll be like Christ and be able to give um, endurance and encouragement to one another. And it got me thinking about times in my life that I've experienced community and how it's shaped my journey with Christ. Um, and I realized that community kind of ebbs and flows throughout life. We, we all have moves and changes and shifts um, that bring us different places. Um, I became a Christian pretty early in my life, and so I still had this kind of rebellious spirit. You could ask my mom about that. Um, and my parents were pretty wise, though I would have never admitted it then. Um, and I hope they don't Facebook Live this so that they can watch this later and hear me say that. But um, they were pretty wise, and they, they understood the value of community and that um, I wouldn't necessarily always just listen to what they had to say, but that I needed to live life with other people my age, um, even in fourth grade. And so they got me involved in a lot of church camps and trips, and um, I got to experience early on what it looked like to have people who were not like me, but who I could share an intimate bond with because we shared Jesus as our common denominator. Um, And that made all the difference for, for a kid like me who had this kind of rebellious nature and who was kind of always, my parents were kind of always like having to rein me in, but when I found this group of people that could Keep pointing me to Christ. That's what made all the difference. And it helped me remain or abide in Christ like we talked about. Um, And in high school, um, through kind of some of those other things, I was fortunate enough to have this group of friends um, that we called the Union Star Guys. Um, It's a small town none of you have heard of probably. Um, And I found true community with them when they um, embraced me and modeled authentic male Christianity, which was really important for me as a high school girl to see. Um, and I ended up marrying one of those guys, so it worked out really well um, for me, but that was kind of an added bonus. But once again, it was a place um, for my rebellious spirit to kind of rest, and um, it was safe, and it was centered on Christ, and that, that kind of tethered me and helped me kind of traverse the, the crazy things that happened in high school. Um, and so when I was getting ready to leave for college, I was absolutely terrified to leave this community that I had found. Um... And kind of go out on this unknown front to, you know, still wanting to remain in Christ but not knowing what that would look like on my own um, without community. Um, And I still remember my freshman year, there were lots of those early nights where I just I cried because there was no room that I could walk into and just be known. And that was had always been important to me. Um, And one day I was walking down the hall in my dorm and a girl's door was open and she was up on her bunk crying and this happens a lot in girls' dorms in college. <laughs> People cry all the time. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, well, I'm, I'll go check on her, and so I walked in, and, um, and I just like crawled up on the top bunk with her, and, and I, knew, I mean, I kind of vaguely knew her. We'd been at school a few weeks, and, um, and she was, and I said, well, what's wrong? And she said, I just called home, and my little brother, he was five years old, and he had just learned how to ride a bike without training wheels, and she wasn't there to get to see him do it, and she just you know, that was a hard thing for her to be away from. And so in that moment that I got to share in that hard thing with her, um, that began this trajectory of this kind of just raw, authentic community that we could always share those, those hard places with each other. And she became one of my closest friends throughout college um, just because we took that time to, to share that moment. Um, and that was, that was what community looked like for me, was, was people who were willing to share um, in the hard stuff and the and the good stuff and and later on I became a resident assistant um, and so I was on staff with these eight other girls who were very we were all very different like I don't think you could have handpicked eight different more different people and um, you know it started out just meetings and this and that and, and it t- it kind of bled into coffee dates and lunch dates and late night conversations and more tears and um you know more sharing and fun things, and, and then our, our boss was pregnant and very sick, and so we kind of rallied around that and around her, um, and it turned into retreats and sharing, you know, our deepest fears and our biggest excitements and people going through, you know, hard things, and um, but we, even though we were so different, we took that time to sit together and break bread together and, and engage with each other, and and through that, um, you know, we accepted one another in the way that the Greek meant to accept one another by opening our arms and receiving and embracing. And so I was so afraid to leave the community I found in high school. And then in, in college, I was able to find that again. Um, and, and through those other women was able to really remain in Christ and um, really grow in my faith. And then um, I had to leave it all again, and again, I was just absolutely terrified, and I was getting married, and, um, he was making me move to another state, and I was, you know, that was, that was just really scary for me, and, um, and so we moved to Kentucky, and I had to leave everything and everyone except for him that I had known, and it, times got really dark for me those first several months, um, I was alone, I didn't know how to get anywhere in the city, and we didn't even have internet for a while, and so, I mean, I was just, like, isolated completely, and so it was, that was a really hard time, and at the end of the movie, um, Into the Wild, or it's a book, if you've read the book, um, but probably better luck with the movie, Um, at the end of the movie, Into the Wild, um, there's a character that says, he says, happiness is only real when it's shared, And and in that time where I just had no one, I mean, I was newly married and happily newly married, but that wasn't enough community for me, Um, and that wasn't what Christ calls us to. And so I was just longing for that um, biblical kind of community that Paul had talked about in Romans, and um, my soul was just, you know, thirsty for that community. So Brent and I just decided we just had to do something about it, and we stepped out, and we invited people over, And, um, one of those couples that we invited over ended up being just as desperate as we were. So it worked out and, um, and still 10 years later, we still consider them some really good friends, um, because we kind of walked through that hard time together and found each other. Um, we also went to this crazy placement night at our church to join a small group, um, it was like speed dating for small groups. It was bizarre. Um, we're going to do it later after the service so that you guys can get that experience. But, um, so through that, though, we got to find some other couples to kind of do life with um, during the rest of that time. And then right when I would found this, this community again, it was time to move back to Missouri. And um, so we were there about two years, and it just didn't seem fair that I had spent that time and I really felt like God was calling me to invest in these people, and these people were investing in me, and then it was time to leave again. And I'm sure all of you have experienced this in your life, where you feel like you finally get that community, and then it's, it's pulled away from you. So we packed up, and we left, and um, by that point, I was like, okay, I know community is essential. I know it's important, and I've got to find it, and I will, and it's no problem. I'm moving back home to Missouri, and it'll all be great. Um, and it was not easy, again, to, to find that. And, um, and during that, that period of time, that first year kind of after we moved back, we went on a trip back to Louisville. You have to say Louisville like that if, you're, if you've ever lived there. Louisville is not correct. Um, so we went on a trip back to Louisville, and we were there and kind of walking around where we used to live and where we'd hung out with people, and I was just weeping um, And I I just thought it was kind of like homesickness, you know, and I just kind of chalked it up to that. But what I realized later when we got back here that what I had felt in those spaces and what had made me weep was um, not some intangible thing. What I had felt in those spaces was this community that I had experienced while I was there. And more than that, I was feeling what I was lacking here when I went back. Um, And I felt a void, and I just couldn't do anything but weep for that community. Um, So that trip was kind of a catalyst for us, and we realized how despondent we'd become, in not having people we could do life with. It was really easy to just on a Sunday morning say, you know what, we'll just watch a sermon online. It's okay. Um, well, we don't really need to get up and go anywhere. We, you know, I know those people invite us over, but it's fine. We're just going to stay in tonight. And it was just the, the more we got away from it, the easier it was to just kind of keep isolating ourselves more and more. Um, and, but when I was in college, I had a mentor who said, if you're not living life messy with people, then you're not really living. And, uh, we needed to find people to live messy with again. And so we got busy in good ways and we clawed and scratched our way into people's lives and attached ourselves to them. And I'm only kind of moderately exaggerating um, because it became that important to us. So, uh, you know, and then we we were able to find it again here. Um, But it took some work on our part. Um, There's this book called Creating Community by Andy Stanley and Bill Willits. And in it they say this. I'm going to throw this up on here so you guys can see it. It says, We are a culture craving relationship. In the midst of our crowded existence, many of us are living lonely lives. Being married does not exempt someone from the emptiness associated with isolation. We are acquainted with many people, but we are known by none. We live and work in a sea of humanity, but we end up missing out on the benefits of regular, meaningful relationships. Um, and I had felt that crowded yet empty existence when I moved to Louisville. Um, and it was crippling at times, even though I was a really happy newlywed. Um, and so that was kind of my story with, um, with community. And they, and they go on to say, to say this um, after that. It says, when we live in isolation, we can easily lose perspective on life. That's because there is no objective voice calling us toward balance. And as Christians, that balance is always Christ. That is what brings us back to balance. And we need objective voices, voices outside of ourselves and outside of our marriage that will call us back to Christ. And that is what community is about. Um, I wanted to share these scriptures with you as well. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, "'Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds.'" Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Psalm 133, 1, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. In Acts two forty two through 46, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Um, I had had community before, so I knew what was lacking whenever it was lacking. Um, But if you've never experienced it before, you don't necessarily know that that's why you can't find that balance in Christ. Um, If we look to Christ, we see that he is and always has been a part of the community, a, a part of community in himself. He is the Trinity. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, So if we are bearing his images, it only makes sense that we should feel like we're missing something if we aren't aren't living life with others, because he is constantly doing that um, in and of himself. John Ortberg said this. He said, sometimes in church circles, when people feel lonely, we tell them not to expect too much from human relationships, that there is inside every human being a God-shaped void that no other person can fill. And that is true, but apparently, according to the writer of Genesis, God creates inside this man a kind of human-shaped void that God himself will not fill. And later in his book, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them, which I love that title, Ortberg dives into studies that track thousands of people over many years. um, And researchers found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections, people who had bad health habits, um, like smoking or poor eating habits or alcohol use, but strong social ties lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits but were isolated. Um, in other words, this is how he put it, and I love this. I'm going to read it to make sure I get it right. He said, it's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat broccoli alone, which I just think is, is great. It's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat broccoli alone. Um, and I just love that. If you're like me, you love it um, because you love Twinkies, but also because you've experienced those good friends, um, and you know without seeing a stitch of research that it's good for your soul. You, you don't need somebody to tell you, that it's, it's helping you live um, a, like a, you're just healthier um, because you've experienced that. Um, but beyond what's good for you, community is good for the whole world. Um, if we as Christians are living for the life of the world, then bearing the image of Christ means showing others how to live in community. So if Christ is in Trinity and in community himself, um, then us living in, in true community with others is us bearing that image to the world. Um, Francis Schaeffer said, our relationships with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. Um, so what he's saying is the final defense to our faith is how we live with other people. That's what people are going to look at us and see um, if, if we're living like Christ. Um, and maybe you know these truths in your heart, and maybe you've experienced community before, but you got hurt by it. And um, you're terrified of living messy with others now. Um, and you're scared of what that might actually look like in tangible ways. Um, I actually, I asked our staff to kind of share some of their experiences. Um, and, and I asked them, you know, why in the past, like maybe why have you been resistant to entering into community? And one of them, um, Shared that they didn't even they they had been hurt before and they didn't even realize that for about five years they were just like fighting it they didn't think they were but they were just fighting it because they were trying to to you know build up a wall around their heart um, because they just didn't want to get hurt again, um, and Ann Voskamp speaks of this fear well um, here's her quote on this side. It says, we all long for the belonging of community or communion, and yet there's this fear of the closeness of fellowship. Love is our deepest longing and what we most deeply fear. Love breaks us vulnerably open and then can break us with rejection. There's this craving for genuine communion, and yet this fear of losing genuine independence. Need can be a terrifying thing. You can crave communion, but fear being used or manipulated or smothered or burned. I have a thousand buckets to douse any spark of terrifying, vulnerable community. And it's that vulnerability piece that's so hard. Um, It's scary. But Anne concludes these thoughts um, with this. She says, how can I keep forgetting, though? Communion is always, always the miracle. Um, and it made me think about the book of Hosea. Um, I know you're all like, Hosea? Yeah, it's, it's in your Bible. Um, it's one of those weird Old Testament books that we don't always get to because we don't really know how, like, what it's saying, and um, I encourage you to do a study on it sometime. It's really fascinating, um, but basically the key idea running throughout Hosea is this marriage between Hosea and this woman named Gomer, um, which thankfully is not a name we use anymore. Um, she's, she's a prostitute, and she cannot remain faithful to Hosea, and yet throughout, um, he is relentlessly pursuing her and is nothing but faithful to her, even though she keeps returning to this life of prostitution. And um, it's the theme, that, that picture is used as this metaphor um, between God's relationship with Israel, um, And at one point, there is this metaphor of God being like a lion on the prowl for his people. And Israel finally realizes they must turn back to him, that he is being faithful to them even in their prostitution. And um, the reason it reminds me of being vulnerable in community is um, because it reminds me of the joy that's found when the darkest parts of our hearts are revealed. Um, And they're uncovered by our merciful God who's prowling for us. And in the book of Hosea, we are Gomer. We are unfaithful and dirty in our sin. And God keeps coming back to us saying, you are known. You have been found out. And you know what? I still love you. And he's saying, you are loved. That's who you are, regardless of what you've done. Um, And that's what we crave. We crave to be known and still be loved. And um, ultimately, that's done in God. But in this um, messed up world, we can get small tastes of that when we live in authentic community and we have other people saying, you are known, you've been found out, and you are loved. Um, and it's, it's scary, but when we let others accept us in the way that the Greek word means to accept us— um, and we let ourselves be found out, we can get a small taste of that um, here on this earth when we, when we engage in living messy with other people. Um, and often we talk about community um, for the hard times, that we need community for the times when our life is just falling apart at the seams. And that is very true. Um, I, can, I could speak on that um, for a whole nother. Uh, another time on, on ways that people have, have shown up in my life when um, some hard stuff was happening. Um, but also, I like this reminder later in Hosea, um, in chapter 13, verse 6, um, it says, When I fed them, this is God, when I fed them, they were satisfied. When they were satisfied, they became proud. Then they forgot me. Um, as soon as they were satisfied, they forgot that they needed God and it's the spiritual amnesia. We have what we want, we're good, we don't need God anymore. Um, and we, we don't even know that we do it. We fool ourselves into believing that we only need community for hard times, but in reality, we need community for those times that we are satisfied and that we are tempted to forget God. We need community to be that tether that pulls us back to Him um, when we have that spiritual amnesia. Um, And we need those objective voices always that are going to point us back to Christ. And community looks different for everyone. Um, Like I've shared a little bit of my story, but I wanted to grab a few others who are willing to share a little bit as well. So Stephanie Burr and Randy Johnson and Lauren and Justin May are going to come up here and um, they're going to share. Come on, come on up. Um, If you put up on the screen this is a question that i asked them um recently how has community helped you put a face on christ and or helped you remain in christ so they're just each going to share a little bit um about that
1: hi i'm stephanie and kelsey asked me just to talk a little bit of how community has helped me remain in christ and i had a couple of just thoughts i thought about it throughout the week and one of them was that i feel like um, when i'm in, in community I feel God's love for me much deeper Um, because I just noticed if I'm having a hard time or um, going through something challenging or just feel alone, um, then, uh, you know, I may not have had time with a friend for a couple of weeks, but all of a sudden I get a phone call or a text that says, hey, do you want to have coffee? I really, really miss you. And I just feel like that's God saying, hey, I love you. I care about you. You're not alone. So he's loving me through my friends, and that's how I see God's love for me. Um, Another way that I, is that I feel when I'm in community, I feel closer to God because I feel like when I'm with people made in his image, seeking him, then we're focused more on eternal things and we're helping each other, um, really focus on what matters, what's worth our time, what we don't need to worry about. And this we kind of remind each other of, of what's important. And then we can see God working in each other and in our lives and feel just kind of a connected and feel his presence. Um, together. So, and then another way um, that commu- that I feel, when I'm in community, I feel challenged um, because if I'm in true community with people that are seeking Christ and that are following him and that are drawing near to him and that are serving, um, I want that in my life. I don't want to live lukewarm. I want to, ha- you know, have the passion that they have. So it challenges me to spend that time with God and to draw near to him as well. And so I think that keeps me um, closer to Christ, and so if you're like me and you're Type A and pretty self-sufficient, um, you can do life and you can have friends, but still not be in true community because it's risky. Like, um, like Kelsey was saying, it takes you—you have to be vulnerable, be open, and sometimes you think it's easier just to do it—you know—do it alone. But the thing is, you don't. I think when I'm not in community, my life is flat. It's you know, little has very little color. But when I'm in community, I've got valleys and peaks and a kaleidoscope of colors, and it's just so much deeper and richer when I'm in true community than when I'm alone.
2: I'm going to use notes because uh, the sum of all your faces gives me a little amnesia. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, For community, um, for me, um began with, uh, within the church, um, kind of with my oldest son, Trajan, um, coming to this church. He had, um, introduced us, you know, and asked us to come here, but I was more curious about, you know, what, what it was about the community that has, uh, brought him here and the people in the church. And, and, um, I realized that, you know, it's, he was surrounding himself with, um, people that had common goals, uh, people that had the same interests as him, um, that had, uh, the aspiring to find that love for Jesus, to follow Jesus and, and to, to go on that journey. Um, and then it became that same thing for me very quickly. Um, I kind of was able to to view things through him. Um, he was, ironically, he was teaching me things, you know, being a young man and, and able to teach his father some things. So um, community started for me around that, um, centered around the church. Um, and then I very quickly got plugged into a small group, which um, to me that was very important. Um, I had never experienced that, had um, never um, kind of been involved with small group, just had what I consider my small group, my family, my friends, um, the friends that I did that was doing life with and still somewhat do life with, but now I do life with many other friends, you know, many of the friends that I've met through the community here at church, um, through um, things that I've done starting last year with St. Joe Serve, kind of meeting several new people that way, whether it's the people in the community within this church, within the other communities, or the other churches around the community, um, and then being able to get out there and provide a service to the community itself, um, getting out there to help people up and down. Fortunately, it was our block um, that we kind of that we uh, were able to support this year, and um, that felt really good to kind of have an impact on not only just some people that were um, needing their yards cleaned up and trash picked up out of the yard, but a lot more major issues: uh, weather stripping, needing on their doors, windows, needs paint job, need roofs. Um, I seen a lot of community that in those days, um, and then extended out to even further days. Whenever we would, a um, few of us would go and and do a, f- a few more things at some of the houses that we had adopted. So, um, for me, I was introduced to community um, very quickly here at, at WellSpring. We've been here about two years now, and um, it just continues to grow. Now back on the small groups, um, I definitely encourage people to get get involved with the small groups because it gave us. Um, for one we're meeting new people so we're gaining community there um, we' able to um, <clears throat> excuse me we're able to um, start groups with a couples group and as well as like our collective male and and women's group um, which are both very beneficial on on both sides um, we're able to uh, you know have Questions answered that we needed answered. We had um, distress relieved that we needed relieved and we were able to reach out to those people so um, That was important community for us as well um, And Natasha and I have enjoyed that tremendously and we've we've grown as a family and uh, grown as uh, you know a Couple and, and as adults and all that so um, I've enjoyed that a lot um, And then with the men's encounter um, I had went on a men's encounter here back in January and, and enjoyed that tremendously. And, and all you guys know that we're there. I mean, we've, you know, we became so much closer. You know, there was a lot of you I never met. There's a lot of you that I still reach out to, uh, have questions for you guys reach out to me and that, that's a real important community as well. And having that strong bond, um, with the guys that we've, we've, we're doing life now, the guys that I do small group with, and that I'm able to, to spend those Mondays and Wednesdays with, um, it's, it's incredible. So um, I want to leave you with this. Um, this is from 1 Peter um, chapter, three, um, chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble.
3: I'm going to attempt to do this with a squirming child. <laughs> Actually, here. Uh, there we go. Okay. Also, I left my notes in the diaper bag, so we're just going to kind of wing it here. Um, So um, I think as a couple, Justin and I have been a part of a couple different kinds of community, I guess. Um, We're involved in quite a few different things, but um, the one that we have just felt the most fruit from, I think um, just this past year, we joined a community group um, of three other couples, including our – Um, we're the fourth and collectively in three months we've had four children um (laughs) so that's been really fun um but that has actually been just um this huge blessing because we've kind of been wrapped around in a sense um one of the things that we have really felt um as christ is just these couples kind of rallying i'm an emotional mom um rallying around us. woo! I was not anticipating on crying this morning, um, but you know, it's whatever. Um, but with this new blessing and new life transition, thanks, she's one of the people in our community group. <laughs> um, I almost just gave him to you. <laughs> but um, it has been a huge transition for us um, with just health complications, um, that has come with me, new parents, and um, I don't know. It's just Christ has really shown up in these people and kind of um, allowed us to be vulnerable um, and share our stories and just share our life with them. Um, and I don't know. There have been times where we have just kind of um, forgotten who Christ is in our lives a little bit, um, just with a lot of the the stuff that has come with um, not only having a new baby, but um, thanks to come um, as far as surgery and different things like that with his um, condition. And we've kind of just been able to cry with these people. And um, I don't know, they've just showed up in the craziest ways. Um, and just the church as a whole has been this huge community for us um, to just be ourselves and not feel like we have to hide from all of, again, the emotions and everything that kind of comes with um just I don't know living through some really crappy stuff sometimes um and I think again like we've been a part of so many different communities but this Wellspring Church community as a whole and then also just being part of this awesome community group has been um huge for us that um I don't know. Just being able to share our stories in a way that kind of um, we get asked challenging questions instead of just like sharing our story and then sitting down and like no one responding. Um, it's been really cool to have people show up and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna question you about that, or I'm gonna challenge you in your faith towards this, um, rather than just kind of like patting our back and like telling us everything is gonna be okay." Um, community as far as just that aspect has been huge. Um, for us, do you want
4: to share? Um, so for me, I grew up really not with community at all. Um, it was just me and my mom, we were she was a single parent, and uh, she was also in the military. So family lived here, but we lived out on the East Coast in Washington, D.C. for about 10 years. And uh, so as a military brat, they call us, like you have to learn self-sufficiency. Um, so I didn't really seek other people. Um, I had friends that came over that I was really close with or whatever, but, um, I mean, as a kid, you don't really expect to have soul connected relationships, I guess, but that kind of carried over into my adulthood. When I got back, when we moved back here, um, I wasn't really plugged into a church and went through all high school with just, you know, friends like everyone else has, but I didn't really have anybody that was like, like, that's my person. Like we're, you know, like we're connected on a soul level. And, um, and so I never really thought I needed community. I thought I was good on my own. I knew how to adapt and, and learn how to do things. And uh, it wasn't until life really started to get challenging that I have kind of felt that emptiness that I had. I was like, wow, like, I can't do this on my own. And, yes, God is enough, obviously, but he created this thing to work with not just him but with other people um, as well. And um, especially with um, the birth of our son, that was, uh, I mean, no one really expects to have a child with any health complications at all like you expect your first child to be perfect and it's going to be incredible this incredible experience and like the day we found out that he had this you know heart condition um, I felt like the floor just like kind of fell from under me for the first time in my life and um, what do you do when that happens if you don't have anybody you go home and you you know wallow and you sit and you think and you think and like, you don't you don't know true despair unless you have someone to share it with. Like, if you're just sitting at home by yourself, like, what do you do with that information? Your child is, has this heart condition that he could potentially, like, die from if surgery doesn't happen, you know? So, like, what do you do in your head? And so, the next day we found out we actually had community group, and we went, and we shared this, we just kind of put it all out there, and, you know, we were, able to say this is what we really are scared of and not being afraid that someone's going to say, well, you're dumb for fearing that. Like, just get over it, you know? And um, that's where I've seen Christ the most in all of this is that he's made his love for me tangible through the people um, in our community group. He's shown up time and time again and said, hey, this isn't a surprise to me. Like, don't think that I've forgotten about you or your wife or your son. I'm sovereign over all things. Even this crap that you think that you're going through right now Um, but you need to be plugged in with other people and, um, it's just been this incredible experience just being with our community group and not even just them, but just even our Young Life community and our family. I mean, this has just been, um, a huge support thing for us and, um, and it's also, you don't really know true joy unless you have someone to share it with either. And so we get to talk about the times that we have good appointments, you know, when we go and nothing's, you know, really gone wrong and we get to celebrate those little things with people, um. But overall, yeah, I just think God has really shown up in just the way that he's made his love for us tangible through other people. And if you don't have a community group or you don't have um, an outlet, please, please find someone um, because I'm telling you, you can't, you're not going to be able to walk through life with the trials and the hardness of life by yourself. It'll crush you. It it absolutely will, and that's what Satan wants. He wants you to be alone, be isolated, um, but he can't touch you if you're with godly people. I mean, you're kind of invincible at that point. So, um, yeah.
0: Thank you, you guys. I think Justin should come up here and preach. All right. Um, So to kind of kind of wrap up. um, I think in all of their stories, we can hear that it's better to eat eat Twinkies together than broccoli alone. Um, And before we wrap up, I do want to give you guys some opportunities um, to find people and get plugged in if you're interested um, in a small group or something like that. But before I give you that information, um, I want to give you this little challenge as well. Um, In his letters in scripture, Paul says that community... um, it, it's a gift of the Spirit, and it's something that we have to pray for. Um, and, and God is the source of that unity and not us. So if you're trying to do it on your own and in your own power, um, pray about it. And, and it's a gift of the Spirit. And hopefully you've been encouraged today to, to find some community or to really engage with the community that you find yourself in. Um, but this is an active thing that will take your participation and your prayer. Um, It's something that you have to step out in some ways. Um, And I would encourage you to ask God to reveal um, any broken attitudes in your heart that may prevent you from engaging in in real community with others. Um, Pray for him to reveal what you may need to do differently to contribute to community. Um, And then ask God if you've been holding a thousand buckets um, ready to douse any spark of communion with others, like um, Ann Boskamp wrote. So I'm... um, I'm going to throw a slide up here and there's going to be some groups that are starting up and I'm going to explain how you can um, get connected with those. Um, but before I do, I'm going to share this last quote by C.S. Lewis because I feel like I have to. Um, so if, if you're still, like in this moment, you're still feeling the need to isolate yourself. Um, just listen to this before I give you the, the last thing here. It says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable. Impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. Um, So, just with that, I would encourage you, um, even in the scary parts of community, to really allow yourself to to step out. Um, So, on this slide, you can go ahead and put that up there. These are going to be some groups that are either currently going on or going to be starting up. And if you want to, you can snap a picture of that with your phone and and call these people later or um, after the service. um, They're all going to be up here and kind of stand in the order that their name appears on on this slide. So you can come up and just connect with them right away today. Um, There are some women groups that are ongoing or starting. There is a marriage study. Um, There are... Oh, and Taylor Kennedy's not supposed to be on there. I forgot to take that off of there. Um, Will Palma is going to have a men's group. And then, um, but I'm sure Taylor Kennedy would love to connect with you if you still need (laughs) to have. He's shaking his head, so he said yes. Um, And then there's a group that is just open to anyone. It's not specific um, that Allie Browning, Sam Sam Donahue, and the Kretzers are going to be um, working on. So, um, like I said, I'm going to put this up after the service. And they will be up here that you can talk to them. Mackenzie's not here today, so if, you, if that is a time that works for you, you can come holler to me and I can get you connected with her. Um, so I'm excited about more and more of us finding community with one another and finding that deep um, unity that will point us back to our balance point in Christ. Um, and we are going to be having pretty soon a table at the back that's going to be have, have information of things that are going on um, that you are gonna get connect, that you can get connected with. And all of this information is actually on a half sheet of paper back there as well. So if you want to grab that on your way out or if you know people that aren't here, you want to grab it for, whatever. Um, so hopefully today you'll be able to kind of connect with that. Um, we are going to close our service today with communion, but do it a little bit differently. Um, And so how that's going to work is there are going to be five communion kind of stations around the room, and you will still go and be, um, you will still receive communion from the person, Um, but I wanted us to have this space today that we're talking about community to have time um, to take communion um, with other people and to pray with other people. It it might be your family, it might be someone you grab, it might... um, I don't know what that's going to look like. It might be somebody that maybe you need to restore community with. Um, maybe something's been broken for a little while and you just, you want to grab them and take communion with them. Um, at, the, at the communion table, we receive that intimacy with Christ. Um, and, it, and it is a very intimate and personal thing, um, but we are broken people and um, we need each other oftentimes to to find our way back to the communion table. So um, there's going to be um, a station in the prayer room over here, two two people up front, I feel like a flight attendant, and um, one in the back area, and then if you're up in the balcony, there's actually going to be someone serving up on the, I don't know what that's called, open space up there Um, and then if you are in the community room you can kind of go wherever so um, we're still going to dismiss by row just for sake of kind of flow here but if there's someone that you want to wait for that hasn't been dismissed yet you know just kind of find a space that you can wait for them and pray um, and then just make your way back so if you want to you know dip the bread and then just hold on to it and take it with the people whatever that looks like there's no you know Exact way you need to be doing this. But um, I wanted to, to us to have this chance, like in Acts, how it says to break bread together. So as the band comes forward and I pray and um, we kind of move into that time, maybe be thinking about um, people that you might want to break bread with today.